Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way, episode one. Hey, we're here, we're here. I'm Robin Crane, and here with me, very, very excited to have this guest, the best guest, uh, Ashley Peterson, my COO of the company, and she's here to keep me on track and to make sure that I actually talk about what I want to talk about, right, Ash? That's right. That's right. Episode one. Episode one, we're here. So if you're a female financial advisor, if you are an insurance professional where you help people with their retirement and you create your own destiny, like you really are able to make the money that you want. This is about you being able to truly create your ideal business and ideal life. And what really motivates us to do what we do to help women like you is that we believe that if we can help you be more successful in the industry, you will stay in the industry. And that's how we together, not just as a company, but as a community, we help increase the footprint of women in the industry. And as much as there's a lot of stuff out there, there's initiatives to help women come into the industry. You know, it's amazing. I love that stuff. You know, uh, women and teams and different companies going into colleges and going into high schools and talking to them about, about finance and how amazing it is. But we're here to keep you in the industry because as much as we can get more women in, it's like it's a revolving door because if you're not successful, you're going to leave the industry, right? So um, we found that a lot with our clients. Like we're attracting a lot of women who've been in the industry a long time and they've done amazing things being in the industry. They've helped a ton of people. And it's such a transformational industry where you can truly affect and impact people every single day. And then we've had people who are just starting and they're really excited. They got into the industry because they're like, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to help people. And, and it's, it's such a great opportunity to do that. Um, but they're like, how do I do this? Especially in this environment. But what I want those of you listening today to really get out of this is I want to think you to really think about why you got in the industry to begin with. Why do you want to help people in this way? Because money can be an extremely stressful thing. Money can be also an exhilarating thing. A lot of people, uh, so, you know, some people relate money to um, just, you know, money equals wealth, right? And some people think wealth has nothing to do with money. And so it's such just like a crazy, you know, definition of, you know, what it could be and what it, what it should be or, or what, or how it impacts people. Um, but what I, we all know is that money impacts us every single day. And I truly believe that money just enhances who you already are. So if you're a giving person and you make more money, then you will give more. If you're a greedy person, and you make more money, you're going to try to get more money and probably take from people. So I believe that the, the women that we're attracting to this podcast are truly the, the, the people who are here to make a bigger impact, um, that you truly want to give transformational value all the time. And especially now with the environment and uh, pandemic and all that's been going on as we're recording this, it's, it's a really challenging time challenging time for everyone. 
And it's also a challenging time for you as a business owner to grow your business when everything has changed, when you're used to meeting people face-to-face, when you're used to doing things by just building relationships because you care so much. And that, that care, that desire to serve will take you a long way. But when now you have to go from face-to-face to, to virtual, maybe you know just doing phone calls or getting on Zoom where you're not used to it or WebEx or whatever it is, it's a shift. And then to be able to prospect and actually drive the right people to you is already a tough task in a male-dominated industry industry, let alone to be able to do it now when you can't do, can't meet face-to-face. So we wanted to share some of the stories of some of our clients, um, and we wanted to inspire you to watch and, and listen to this podcast to, to stay on this journey with us because um, we know that you have to be the leaders because people need you so much. And imagine, let's just say, you know, let's take like a female executive. Sometimes I, I often tell my clients to to target the most successful and influential people you can find. And everybody says they want to get in front of the right people and they want to meet more more people um, that are more qualified. But then they start to get that imposter syndrome when they get in front of them, like, oh, maybe I don't have that much to offer. And maybe, you know, they're already set. And so many of them come back to us and they're like, oh, you know, I talked to this female executive and she says, I'm set, I'm set, I'm set. I'm like, what? How could they be set? Like, I'm, we got seven figure business. We're doing awesome. And I am not set. Like I am by no stretch set. Like we have (laughs) coaches, mentors, we have team up the wazoo to help us be able to create those results and to be able to not just make more money, help more people, but also to continue to build our ideal business and have the ideal life that we want. And it's just, it's a constant moving target because we just want to make impact more and more and more and more impact. But I believe that no matter how successful someone is, they need your help because the most successful people on this planet, we need them, especially now during this time with, with coronavirus and everything that's going on, like we need them to be able to step up and lead. And if they're being pulled back, if they're like, if you imagine them, like they're floating up to like these crazy visuals, but like floating up to the sky, like they can serve, they can rise, they can do what they're best at. And then if they have like shackles on their ankles and weights pulling them down so they can't lead, like that is a problem for our country, for for the freaking world. So what you need to do as a financial advisor, as an insurance professional, step up and, and attract the right people and be the leader to them so they can be the leader that they're meant to be. That was great. That was really powerful. One of the things I want to mention is how excited I am to be sharing some of the strategies that we're talking about, because these strategies aren't new things that we're teaching because of the pandemic. It's things that we were teaching before the pandemic and getting people incredible results around. So these aren't new strategies. These are old strategies for us and for our clients but they're new strategies for the rest of the world. And so, so, true. Like, That's so we're true. ahead of the game here. Yeah. yeah. We, we have been teaching these things for a long time. And, um, but it's like, there is a crazy light, like shining on all of us to, to rise up and be leaders and then to use different strategies because we, we kind of like that. We're, you know, doing a lot of things outside of the box different. And even though I, I was in the industry for a decade, I think part of the reason that we have all these different strategies is because I did what they told me to do. You know, I pounded the pavement. I did the make your list of 100. Yeah. Dial for dollars. And I mean, we called it that, right? Make your list of 100, talk to everyone, you know, and then reach out to them. And uh, many of you don't know this about me and I don't always share it because it almost seems irrelevant, but I was a singer songwriter before I became a financial advisor. And so as a singer songwriter, just imagine this, you know, and by the way, I wrote cynical love songs. So uh, a single, uh, uh, I was a single singer songwriter writing cynical love songs. And like that, you know, six weeks later, I got all my licenses. I became a financial advisor. Like as a, as a, as a songwriter, it was really fun, but it wasn't very fulfilling. 
And then I jumped into something where I really felt like I could make a greater impact. And I remember, and Ashley knows the story, but I remember I got this interview to, to become a financial advisor and I thought it was so ridiculous, but the, because I just had no interest in money and I had no interest in, in doing anything and I wasn't good at math. I mean, I don't think you need to be good at math in this industry. I think it's funny when people say that, but I was good at relationships and I was very driven. And I went to this interview only because I was moving from the South Bay where I was kind of sleeping at my folks house and I was moving to uh, the San Francisco area and I had actually an apartment I was saying I, I mean I was still like I don't how much money I was a singer songwriter so I had roommates and stuff but I was on my way in my little Honda driving up I mean they called me the day before and they said can you make this interview and because it was the day I was literally driving to San Francisco to move I was like you know I'll do it because why not I could use the interview practice so I go there and it's not like your normal interview you know I was in a room with like 10 people and this woman's presenting and she I was 29 years old at the time she was 27 and she's talking about how you know you can become a financial advisor and you can help people with their money and I'm like I need help with my money um but that's a great idea theoretically you know you can help them buy a house and you can help them send their kids to college you can help them retire and I was like wow there's actually something noble about this it's not greedy like I thought it's not this whole, you know, make money and just like, just, just try to screw people over. Like, that's so crazy that I thought that, but like, I just had no interest in the, the financial side, but the idea of getting good with my own money was compelling to me. And then this idea of helping people and really having much more fulfillment because as a finance, I mean, as a singer songwriter, I just, I didn't feel very fulfilled. Like it was fun, but it wasn't very fulfilling. So that really compelled me. So I became a, an advisor and, and there I was, you know, making my list of a hundred with all these people, like my aunts, my uncles, my, my cousins, my friends, and my friends, 29 years old, like not a ton of money. Right. And then I'm supposed to like, just all of a sudden like that, be the expert. And I felt like an idiot. Like I felt like I had no idea and I didn't. And so I worked really hard. I did everything they told me to do, um, but I struggled. I mean, I think it took me two years before I really um, started to get a little bit more successful. And it was because I, even though I was still broke, I decided I like no more, I can't do this. Like I can't just tread water like this. It was hard enough. And I cared enough to help people. And I cared enough to stay in the industry that I decided to find a coach. I invested uh, a lot of money I did not have. Thank you, credit cards. And ended up, um, ended up kind of working my way and doing things differently because this, this guy that I hired was outside the industry and that started to pave the path, right. For me to learn how to attract more qualified people, how to actually not just, you know, do the, like use the strategies that taught me, like just banging on, we never knocked on doors, but let's say pounding the phones. I definitely did. And I know a lot of people I work with now do, do door knocking, or at least did before the pandemic. Um, and then like just networking, like all we really learned was to call people. We knew that list of a hundred and ask for referrals. Like it was our real job because we were supposed to ask for so many referrals. Um, we were actually, if we, if we did a, an appointment and we didn't get at least eight referrals, we had to basically write an essay. Did I tell you that? And we had to like, yeah, yeah right, right. Like on our, our little form, like what they, what their objection was and how we handled the objection. We had to turn that in. It was crazy. And this was like, we're supposed to be growing our own business, but they were, you know, very strict at first. Um, and so I was pretty motivated to ask for referrals, but the caliber of referrals I was getting was pretty low because I'm like, you know, I'm working with people my age. Cause you know, my aunts and uncles weren't giving me their million multi-million dollar referrals. So that's how I, how I started in the industry and, and got to six figures working with my coach and learning new strategies. And then, you know, really people ask me this all the time. So I'll just, I'll just say this, like, why did you end up leaving the industry? 
And I was talking to a woman today, actually, who's amazing. Um, and she, uh, she, she's an investment advisor and she does the investments as well, which I never did, nor was I good at. Um, and, um, I was telling her about how stressed I was like managing people's money, how I kept making the wrong decisions and how I just felt so bad because I was good at helping them understand what they want and kind of help, help them understand to plan their life. I was good at the planning side, but the actual investment side, it stressed me out and I wasn't great at it. I wasn't great at it at all. So a lot of reasons I left, but the main reason was because I was better at this and helping people make money versus grow money, which are totally different things. Um, and now super like we just love what we do um, to help women, you know, like you ladies listening out there to really grow their business and businesses and make a bigger impact. So um, that's, that's, I know we want to talk about some clients, but I was just thinking about, cause I haven't talked about my journey for a while. I don't always yeah. tell people that anymore, but um, yeah. did I miss anything? No, I think, I think that's a great transition into talking about what it means to actually grow it the woman's way. Look, can dudes listening to this, use these strategies and make more money. Of course, like they can, but you know what? I tried working with dudes and it's not as fun and they're not as motivated in the same way women are. The women who are in the financial industry, I think are truly, truly motivated to serve. Like we just, we really want to help people. And I'm not saying men don't, but I think there's, there's always that, that sense of relationship. That's like, what's driving us is to connect and to tr like, and really serve them at the highest level we possibly can. And I think, um, you know, men are driven in many different ways. Obviously my husband, you know, Ashley, you know him well, but he's so driven to serve, like even maybe to a greater degree than I am. So I'm not even saying that it's that, that we women want it more, but definitely the way in which we go about it is different because he can just completely be like, oh, whatever. I don't really care about what people think. And he doesn't just say that. I mean, he really doesn't care about what people think. Now, this might not be every dude, but like my guy, he's like, fine. He can just like be like, oh, whatever. If someone wants their money back or someone thinks this, or he hasn't gotten something out, he said, whatever it is, it's just like, it's, it's like he can, they can deal. For me and for most women, it's like, even when that stuff happens, it knocks me down a little bit. Like I need to talk about it. Like I need to reframe it in my mind. I need to actively work to, to put myself in the right uh, right mindset to kind of get myself back on track. And now that's just that's one example, but I think in general, and I'm, I'm a risk taker, like I'm willing to take risk. I put, you know, I, I put myself out there a lot, whereas, you know, as a singer songwriter and doing that, singing stupid, cynical love songs and being willing to people not like my stuff, which I'm sure was what happened quite a bit. Um, but I still don't, it doesn't mean I have such a thick skin. It's just that I I'm willing to do it at this stage, like with all the experiences with business, like I am very, very willing to put myself out there all the time in a way that's just like, I, even if it's scary, as I like to say, I choose impact over fear every time. And I think there's a lot of fear. There's a fear of judgment for women. Like is the number one fear that I see is like, there's, you know, we women were so afraid of people judging us that we don't put ourselves out there as much. We're so like, we want to do things perfectly. I would say that's the second thing. It's like, you know, we let perfection get in the way of what's possible. Cause those are two of the huge principles that I teach when we're running the tag challenge, we have a challenge called the, the appointment generator challenge It's five days and we're helping them get appointments on their calendar. And I have to really talk about how, like, like, what would your life be like? What would your business be like if you didn't have this fear of judgment? And then like, what, like when they can get past that, they start doing what I tell them to do and it really works. And I really think what the woman's way is it's, it's, it's continuing to, to be in 
your own skin, like that, just knowing that you're there for the right intention and staying in that intention and then trusting your intuition because that's what you're best at. And then using strategies to help pull you along. And the strategies that we teach, which I believe is the woman's way are strategies that you would feel aligned with. Not, you know, like for example, they tell you make your list of a hundred to talk to everyone you know. And they're like, basically as if working with your aunt or uncle shouldn't be a big deal. Like that's a big deal. Dude, I was a singer songwriter yesterday. Do you want to give me a million dollars? Like, why would they trust me? Why would they trust? Like they love me and they wouldn't trust me. And, and then, you know, you learn from your, the, the industry you're from your supervisors, like, oh, it's fine. Like just put yourself out there because whatever, whatever. And yes, you have a team and that helps, but like, let's be real. You kind of have to prove yourself when you were running around the house naked and like, they see you as that little kid who sat on their lap and like, you know, they, they played with you, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's like, they're not ready to just throw all their millions at you to manage. So that stuff is real. And so I believe like the woman's way is really about like, well, how do I find the right person that I want to work with? Let's say it's, it's not your aunt, but it's a clone of your aunt. I like to teach this idea of clone your client. Like what if it's someone like your aunt, that's exactly like your aunt, but there's no relationship there where she saw you running around the house naked. <laughs> and I say that because I don't know that I ran around the house naked, but my son sure runs around the house naked, like constantly. So maybe if you have two-year-olds at home, you might experience that. But I'd imagine some of the people seeing him run around might not want if he was an advisor to invest their money with him. But that stuff to me is real. But I think the woman's way is really about that the intention, being proactive, being intentional, leading with your heart, leading with your heart, like truly leading with your heart, and then being coachable and open, which I think is more likely for women to be more coachable and open to new and innovative ways that are aligned with what you believe and that match what you think is right, the right thing to do things, not to be perfect, not in that sense, but to do what's right for people in their best interest. And I think that's a natural ability that we women have. And with those strategies and being coachable and with that heart and with that intuition, there is no mountain you cannot climb. You know, there is no, no goal you cannot hit. There's nothing. And don't get me like, Ashley, you can probably help me with, with the analogies here, but yeah. there ain't no mountain high enough. Right. I mean, we can do it, baby. You can do anything. It's true. It's true. I mean, we've got a list of people who we're going to bring on as guests, but we can share a little bit of their stories now if you want. Um, you know, we, uh, people who have gone above and beyond what they ever thought was possible, uh, by putting themselves out there, we've got some great examples of people who really put them, you know, they, they, they put their neck on the line for, for what they believed in and what they thought was going to be impactful to the people that they were serving. You know, I don't know if maybe you want to talk about Jessica Weaver right now. Yeah, Jessica is a great example. So I remember actually the conversation with Jessica, I was at a conference, I think it was a financial planning association con conference. And I remember because I had to step out to do the strategy session with Jessica and I got on a call with her. I wasn't even doing Zoom at the time. I and mean, this has got to be about four years ago, something like that. And um, she was very kind of quiet and timid, but strong strong-willed, um, very like, of course, like very heartfelt, very warm. And she was at a firm with her father and her brother. And um, to be real, felt like there was a little inequity there. Like she worked really, really hard and didn't necessarily feel like she was getting, you know, paid as equally as maybe she should. 
um, but didn't know how to to kind of step up into that, right? And she, I mean, she looked young. She was young. Um, she dressed like she was supposed to be an advisor, you know, wearing the blazer, having her hair back up in a bun, you know, probably, I don't think she had shoulder pads. Like, I don't know, did she? That would be like 80s though, but maybe, maybe. But she was definitely like playing the part and trying to do what was right and very conscientious, very, very like just, just the type of person, like she's gonna, she's gonna make it no matter what. And she was, gosh, I think she was 30-ish when we met and she was doing six figures. So she was doing awesome. Um, but I mean, she just needed to be unleashed. She had so much more to offer. And I remember one of the things she told me in our initial conversation, one of the problems, because we first start kind of talking about the superficial problems, we go deeper and deeper, deeper. But one of those problems was that she, they were doing a lot of retirement seminars but they weren't converting very well. And it was just so much time. And it was just like a lot of ineffective strategies and those strategies. And this is what we're going to talk about a lot of the podcast is like, what can you do? That's going to be more effective. That's more efficient because it's not like it wasn't working, but we talked a lot about in our example, I, I use in a webinar, we talk about how she, she compared the retirement strategies where she made, you know, in the course of a year at that time, she made about $63,000. And we compare it to what I call exclusive event strategy, which is really doing a, a smaller event that's more exclusive to your target market and compelling them to come using really compelling message, messaging and, and promising them what you can get them in a way that's totally compliant, of course. Um, and she, we compared those two and she did, um, in that same year, she did like 135,000. And it was like a fraction of the time, a fraction of the people, a fraction of the appointments. I mean, I think our closing rate was something like 80% compared to uh, like a 30% closing rate. So there's really cool strategies we're going to bring to you in this podcast that will show you how did Jessica do it. But it wasn't just that. I mean, so much came from it, for, from her just being able to step into who she really is, to be able to own her own space, to be more confident. I mean, what happens so much is the confidence. I, I, I mean, I teach this thing we talk about called uh, the belief loan phenomenon. It's in my book, Make More Money, Help More People. And I talk about this idea that your beliefs influence your behaviors, which influences your success, which everybody can understand because the only reason you're listening to this podcast, that's a behavior, that's an action, right? The only re reason you're listening is because of something you believe. Oh, you know, this is going to be valuable. Oh, Robin's not full of crap, hopefully. You know, oh, um, you know, maybe this is something that can help me grow my business. Oh, maybe this is a way I can make more money. Oh, maybe this is something that I'll, uh, that, that's worth my time. Like all those beliefs got you to actually behave in this way where you're showing up and listening and still listening. Um, and then that's going to get you the success or get you the results you want. And that's going to instill more beliefs, hopefully empowering beliefs. And one of the things that I teach is like, if you have limiting beliefs, which we all have, then those limiting beliefs could hold you back from taking the action. Like maybe you don't believe you're confident, or maybe you don't believe you know how to do something. That was one of mine. Like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. And so what I often teach my clients is they can borrow the belief. Like just borrow my belief. I believe in you and I have the systems and strategies. I have the behaviors. I have those, those processes that you can put into action. And then you get the result and then you'll start to uh, adopt the beliefs that you need to do more of those behaviors. I've been doing this. If you're seeing me I'm watching it like a crazy eight, like an infinity sign because it perpetuates itself. And I think that's a lot of what Jessica did. She learned the strategies and, you know, just like everyone, uh, a lot of the women, they'll have limiting beliefs. She had some limiting beliefs. But then she she was an action. I mean, she's she is an action taker. She was an action taker. She took action. And not only did she do those exclusive events, I mean, she just started to step into who she was. She got more confident because it just perpetuated itself. She really like 
owned her personal brand. I mean, this woman created a holiday called National Pink Fix Day, where she actually has a holiday that's an official holiday because she now has related pink fix, like getting your pink fix, like getting your pink fix on as if it was a drug or something. So that, that equates to retirement for these women who are about to retire and don't know how or don't know what to do or don't necessarily have the confidence or conviction around it. And she's more than tripled her revenue. She's now, um, I mean, she's, she's just incredible, very, very successful at a very, very young age. And she owns her own business and she owns her own brand and she does things differently. And that, you know, I'm really proud to say that we had a big part of that. I couldn't have done it without her being the way she is, but we have helped her create that. And now she's helping not only more women who are in retirement or nearing retirement, but she's also helping more advisors to grow their businesses as well. So it's just that, that type of ripple effect is what we're all about, because let's take a look at again, like the, the whole um, purpose of this, of this podcast is that we want to increase the footprint of women in the industry. And like, imagine not only is Jessica going to stay in the industry now because she's more successful and making more money and she's more congruent with what she does, but now she's going to inspire other women to stay in the industry because there are plenty of women struggling that I'm referring to her to now work with her. And then it's like to inspire other women to be in the industry. And that is how we're going to, to increase the footprint. Should we do one more example? Uh, let's talk about Lisa. Lisa. Okay. These are, these are great ladies. So Lisa has got a really different story. So Lisa um, Chastain, and you can look her up because both of these ladies, by the way, have best-selling books now, and they're just, just incredible, incredible women. And we'll, again, we'll bring them on throughout the podcast. So you'll get to meet them. But Lisa, um, she was a financial advisor and struggling for three years where she didn't make any money. I mean, she was actually in the hole about $300 a month, every month, because there are a lot of expenses when you're building a financial industry. In fact, like it's crazy as a singer songwriter, I did start to like, obviously I wasn't making much money, but I mean, I actually didn't have any debt because I was couch surfing and totally like mooching off of people. I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying that was, that was acceptable as a singer songwriter. You can't really do that as a financial advisor. Not so cool. Um, struggling musician. It's okay. Uh, um, back then, I mean, I, I, I then became a financial advisor and then I started to get into debt and then I got into more debt and then I was like really struggling. And you, I mean, you feel like a fraud. You're like, I'm, I totally have the imposter syndrome. Like, I feel like who am I to help someone with their money when I'm totally in debt myself? Like, and I don't, I'm the only way I can get out of it is to grow my business, which is why, again, I now Robin Crane here, like I'm so committed to helping grow your business because that's the only way how, like the only way you can truly get out of debt and really, you know, have more money is you got to have some to invest as you guys know. So anyway, with Lisa, I mean, she was for three years, she was going, she actually didn't go into debt, but she was taking money out of her retirement account. And she had, she had a really steady job before that um, for a few years. And then she was a, a stay at home, a stay at home mom for a little bit. Um, but she then had built up like a hundred grand, like in her, in her retirement account, which was pretty good for 30 year old something. And then throughout those three years, she exhausted it all, all. So, I mean, she was just, just hurting because she had all these expenses to, to grow the business. Right. Um, and then we started working together and she quickly realized that as much as she liked being a financial advisor, the part she liked was really like the to help them with their beliefs and behaviors, to help them with coaching and help them really shift um, their habits. And since I had a lot of uh, experience in that, had a lot of success in that when I was a financial advisor, because I created money coaching programs and such, 
um, she kind of modeled that and was able to build a money coaching business. And she got to six figures in the first year. And now she's doing amazing. She's been on CNBC. She's uh, multiple times. Uh, she's been in Oprah magazine, actually both Jessica and, uh, and Lisa been oh, Oprah magazine, uh, fortune entrepreneur. I mean, just incredible things. And so they're just, of course they're successful now, but also more importantly, they're making a huge impact and both of them had to take risk because of it. They had different risks. Jessica wasn't in the, the same place that Lisa was um, both in this case, young, although I've worked with, you know, women like Lauren Gidley, who <laughs> she had to make a hundred grand in two months. Uh, and she did it when she'd never done it before. And she had like, I think, oh yeah, she turned 60 at her first FEM event. Right. So that was just like, I love that as well. Like with women who like, I've been doing it this way for so many years and she had a, a good amount of success, but then she needed like a huge, huge, um, uh, just burst of, of income and was able to create that. So we have so many stories that we'll continue to tell you throughout the podcast, but I think the main, main takeaway is this, like if, uh, you know, I want, I wanted to do this episode one to get to know you for you to get to know me. And, and to be honest, I was just kind of, Ashley was my little crutch. Like I was like, Ash, like, I don't want to just talk by myself, but I know I'll probably talk most of the time anyway, but, um, we'll definitely bring Ash on and be able to, to, uh, have you talk about systems and time management as well. But I really wanted to have episode one be about like, this is what the podcast is about. Like, we're going to bring uh, women on here. We'll bring men as well. Like if they support like having more women in the industry and, and have great ideas, of course, we want to bring on some really cool dudes also. Um, but we're going to bring on some experts. Um, some of them will be in the industry. Some of them will be outside the industry, which I get really excited about because if you can take an idea like digital marketing idea and be able to put it into your financial space, like this is what's missing is that you, you have that you're in this box and what, what everything they're teaching you, everybody is doing. So what if you can bring other strategies outside the industry and be able to figure out how to do it compliantly within the industry, then you can have massive, massive, massive results. Um, so we're going to bring you that. And then we'll kind of sprinkle it with some episodes like this, where maybe Ash and I will jump on and talk about some strategies that we're using with our clients some strategies that work, tell you more stories to inspire you so that you know that this is possible because you being successful in this industry is just a decision. You want to be successful in this industry. You want to be more successful in this industry. You want to make your multiple millions, whatever it is that you want. Totally possible. Totally possible. You just have to put attention to it. You have to put intention behind it. And then you need the most important thing is you need the strategies. Of course, you need the mindset stuff too. We're going to work on that. But like if, if you get the strategies, the mindset stuff starts to come. And I'm constantly working on both simultaneously. So before, before we sign off, I do want to give you, um, you know, we're kind of running, depending on when you listen to this, we often are running a challenge and it's a five-day challenge to help you get qualified appointments on your calendar. And you can either sign up to get into the next challenge, or you'll see that you can get on the waiting list to the next challenge after that. And I don't know how often we'll have them, but you might as well get in on that. Um, so that you know when it's coming. And so again, the appointment generator challenge specifically designed to help you get qualified appointments on your calendar in five days or less. If you go to femalefinancialadvisors.com with an ORS, advisors.com forward slash tag dash challenge, tag dash challenge. I know you can spell that and remember that, although even though you might not be able to spell my name, which is with a Y, you can remember financial, femalefinancialadvisors.com forward slash tag dash challenge. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to bring you really exciting podcasts and to continue to bring you incredible, incredible value. So stick with us on the next podcast where we are going to help you give you strategies and give you ideas and really, truly, truly inspire you to build your ideal business so you can have your ideal life. So I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.